today I have Dorothea with me and she was able to join me for the new podcast episode. And Dorothea is a person I found uh, now in hindsight already on a TED Talk in Deventer. But now a couple of weeks ago I saw a, a course, a workshop from her and got by the topic really intrigued, which goes in the direction of create your own future. And um, then I couldn't do anything else instead of asking her to come on my show on the podcast. And now you're here, and thanks for, thank you for joining. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. It's an um, So maybe at first, what are you doing at the moment to get like a small overview of who you are and what do you spend the most time on right now? Oh, that's a very schizophrenic thing. <laughs> <laughs> what I spend most time on actually is reading and learning okay. uh, and writing. Um, I'm writing two books at the same time, actually three books, two books and um, po poems, I'm writing poems, I'm journaling a lot um, and I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a trainer so I teach and train in personal branding mostly for students and uh, recent graduates, young people, mm -hmm. young professionals. Uh, mostly because they don't have to unlearn so much, <laughs> it's my experience. Um, and I teach um, uh, companies how to deliver on what they promise, uh, not just through communi communication, but through behavior. So um, I call that internal branding. Okay. Yeah. And you said like you focus quite a bit on, on younger persons because mm -hmm. you uh, enjoy more working with them or it's like for you easier because you said you don't have, they don't have to unlearn so much. It's, it's, it's several reasons, I think. Um, part of it is because um, when I was a student, I was very frustrated by the education system already. I didn't feel I was learning anything, and I didn't feel anyone was helping me um, discover what was relevant to learn, um, or why I should do it, or how to um, develop myself, or how to make me ready for a world that didn't exist yet and I think that problem still occurs and it's, mm -hmm. it's only getting bigger and worse uh, so I think that my personal frustration is something that I would love to change in the world and not not necessarily by changing the entire system but to make the change in my world and with the people I have interactions with so yeah. <clears throat> um, and um, and it's it's an it's an easier group to work with because they don't have to unlearn so much if you if you if if I teach, I work with forty fifty year olds as well, but yeah. they have to let go of so many certainties and security that they experience that I don't think really exists. Um, but it's really hard to get them into the growth mindset, in general. Not yeah. not, not not everyone, of course, but um, and that's a lot easier with young people. But I have to say that in the past five years, I've. Um, it's saddened me a bit that the average 20-year-old is also formed by the same system. <laughs> and we're not teaching children how to learn or how to think for themselves. Yeah. So I worry about that too. And you just mentioned the growth mindset. Mm -hmm. What in kind of detail is that? Can you tell more about this? Um, well, to me, it's to be open to new experiences and um, to not be fooled by your own truth because I think that everyone 
tends, including myself, everyone tends to develop stories about their own realities. But reality is just your own perception and it comes from your own experiences and your own values and your own uh, upbringing and your friends, your peers, whatever. Um, and then you develop a certain truth which protects you um, from outer influences or from bad things happening again. Well, that's what you think. Um, so we tend to um, have experience in the, and then see experiences as facts and we decide if it's good or bad, right or wrong, if we want them to happen again or not. And there's a lot of things that we don't want to happen again and that we fear. And I think that the a growth mindset is mostly based on choosing trust over fear. Or actually, I think there's only love and fear. Uh, so I, I keep asking myself, do I choose from based on fear or based on love now? And there's, you can only do one of the two. And I think if you have a fixed mindset, it's based on fear, which is fine, yeah. which works for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but I think that the older you get, the more you tend to use a fixed mindset. Okay, because you choose the security rather than the exploration in a way. I, I think so. And, okay. and because you've developed um, so many opinions about reality and about your life and things, the way things should be and the way other people should behave and the things you should expect, that it's safer to just stick to the facts. That it kind of gets more comfortable also when you... When you're getting older and you have your stories built up, your securities around you, and that's fine. I think so. Yeah, okay. For a lot of, but I can't think for someone else. Yeah. Um, I think one of my biggest fears is that I end up thinking like that <laughs> because I'm quite old already. <laughs> I do think about this right now already because I do enjoy so much that I have this explorative mindset right mm -hmm. now. And I fear not having this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but you, you, you just told me before that um, that when you did a Vipassana retreat, yeah. that during the retreat, you uh, evaluated your values, which I think is is, is, is extraordinary to even have value, realize that you have values and you have thought about them already and you stick to them and then let them go mm. and find out if they're true for you still or if they serve you and I think that's that's a great example of a growth mindset <laughs> thank you yeah um, I got to know the growth mindset mindset um, through Carol Dweck, Dweck the, the, in the beginning mm -hmm. she was do you know about her no she was um, uh, a, or is a scientist about kind of famous for this terming this uh, um, growth mindset in a way that she was um, putting a lot emphasis on whether a person believes that they can um, can improve can get new abilities mm -hmm. so basically um, she did this with uh, school children and kind of um, put or help them to develop this this mindset growth mindset in comparison to the others to in which the she the control group basically not intervened and so she tried to help them um, to get the mindset of Okay, I, I cannot do this right now, mm -hmm. but I'm, I can get the abilities to, to get there and I can achieve that. So basically what she described as the growth mindset is just the um, self-efficacy, so the belief that if you can get those new abilities yeah. and you can um, get new skills in order to overcome those obstacles. And so that is also what it feels 
really important just the belief in yourself that can you can develop this direction yeah i can imagine and i guess this is also if you fear you uh can fail in the future yeah. i guess that uh, goes then hand in hand with then the the um yeah not the growth mindset but the other one yeah the fixed mindset yeah the fixed mindset yeah and i i don't think that you should um not fear anything i think fear is very important and it's it, you know you can't you can't avoid fear yeah. it's just what do you do despite of the fear don't, don't get paralyzed by it kind right. of right yeah. it's not that you shouldn't feel scared or she shouldn't experience fear it's what do you do in spite of it if you do it anyway you yeah. know you may be scared that you can't do something but try to take the first step and then see if you still think you're right yeah <laughs> and maybe you can prove yourself wrong and also one one part was that i got even more intrigued to ask you to come on the podcast was your your project with mm -hmm. the money project kind mm -hmm. of way um and there you basically completely went into um yeah went into a situation in which you barely could get out of anymore so basically completely to rock bottom in a way mm -hmm. and then it was fascinating for me how you changed your mindset in okay I guess the growth mindset in okay let's turn this around yeah. can you tell a bit elaborate on, on what happened there yeah sure um, I've always had a complicated relationship with money <laughs> <laughs> I think that relates to many people right yeah now. <laughs> ever since I, I recently just talked about this with my mother and she said that when I was a teenager I was already terrible with money I never had any and when I did have it I would spend it right away um, fun okay um, and that's not a very good way to deal with money in the end um, I um, um, I always had good jobs according to society good jobs well-paid jobs a lot of status and um, uh, then um, I, I came to the point where I wanted to be an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and uh, I quit my job and I started to work for myself uh, first as a copywriter and then in branding and more strategically and I was making a lot of money was um, also as the entrepreneur yes okay. the first first 10 years I think um, I, I was making a ridiculous amount of money according to my opinions about money I didn't yeah. think money was a good thing um, also because my mother always said that people with money were not nice people she wouldn't say it literally but whenever she was speaking about someone else in a negative way was about people with a lot of money and that they were superficial and didn't have anything in their lives except money and they were actually really poor and things like that. Exactly, know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought if I make too much, if I have too much money, I'm not a good person. So I was making a lot of money, but then as soon as it hit my bank account, I had to spend it right away. And I, I didn't realize that it had to do so much with this conviction but this i panicked every time there was a lot of money in my account um and then um this went on for quite a while and other people would perceive me as successful but i would feel empty inside and i started to look for something else to do something with more meaning and then um i started working with students mm -hmm. and um i really loved doing that because then for the first time people would tell me why well, it really changed my life and that would only have one session or talk about values or purpose or autonomy or whatever and uh, that meant so much 
to me that I wanted to do that as much as I could. But I've never learned about entrepreneurship or money, so I would do this for free. And I, I believed in karma, so I thought if I give a lot, then I will get a lot. But then um, you can't pay at the supermarket with karma points, you know? It doesn't really work that way. So um, my, um, I, I would have more and more stress about money. I would still work uh, for clients that would pay me a lot, but I, would, I, I, I didn't get fulfilled, so I wouldn't focus on it at all. Mm -hmm. So then um, um, I, I came to the point where um, I was working for a startup and they would pay me after the project, but then the startup didn't make it, so I didn't get paid. Uh, and at the same time, it was the summer, and I didn't have any income from schools because I would work mostly with students. And then I got a lot of letters at the same time from the tax services, and then I had to pay for my glory days all at once. So I did have this buffer, I had this money in the bank, but it had to go straight to the tax services, and then I only had a few euros left. Three euros and 97 cents. Do you remember the exact amount? Yeah, I do. And that wasn't rock bottom. Okay. No. What then? Because I still had three euros and 97 cents. Okay. But because I've had a complicated relationship with money for a very long time, and because I came to all close to this point a lot of times before, mm -hmm. and every time something happened um, that I didn't have to face my problems, at this time I decided I'm not going to ask for help. I have to solve this now, um, definitely, for the rest of my life. And I have to do it by myself. Okay. So I have people who love me and who do have money. And I could have asked people, can I borrow some money? And they would have given it to me gladly. Yeah. And uh, I had clients who would have done the same, who would have given me money without even me having to do anything for it yet. I, I, I do have... Um, a support system like that both yeah. both in my private life and in my business life but I just didn't want to use it because then I wouldn't learn anything so I decided I have to solve this right now and then um, I have postponed it for a while but then I was um, I was um, finishing my NLP practitioner with a group and we were playing a game that in Dutch is called Omdenken mm -hmm. you know it yeah, umdenken. It's in German, which think differently, I guess. Right. Yeah. 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 Just just switch your thinking. Yeah. And it was just a, a game, and then there's a, a question that you can ask, and then other players read cards and um, ask you questions on the cards, and then make you think about it in a different way. So my question was, um, how do I survive the summer financially? And then um, someone would say, would read a question, someone read a question, uh, if you wrote a book about this, what would the title be? <laughs> hmm. And then I said, um, I had a little bit more money at that time, so how I, would, how I turned 11 euros into a fortune. And then one of the other people said, why don't you do it? Because you can write. You used to be a copywriter, and you yeah. have a good story, and you're going. You you do have the skills to solve this, and um, I was too scared to do that, because then you go public as a failure, and you still have to ask other people to help you. And then um, uh, after a few weeks, I only had three euros and ninety seven cents left, and I thought, well, 
if I write this book, if I sell this book, then I still solve it by myself. Mm-hmm. It's just very humili- humiliating and very vulnerable. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then I did. So then I, 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 I put a video online saying that I failed and that I was going to write a book about it and that I was going to discover how to go from nothing to a fortune, whatever definition um, that was for me. Mm-hmm. And then I started to write and interview people. So, um, to answer your question <laughs> with a lot of delay, is um, I, I had to, there was this urgency to make a change in my life and I wanted to make the change and I had to do it myself. Yeah. So the only thing that I could do that was empowering was take control of the situation fully so that's what i did but you already believed before that you could solve this right so you believe that you have the skills in order to do that i think i simply thought i created this situation so i can get out of it I, i just thought it was like reverse technology and I still feel that way. And, and no, no, in hindsight, yeah. other people are surprised that that was my mindset. But that, I, yeah, I thought I created the situation, so I'm the one who can get out of it. And I realized that um, um, I can write. I have a good network of people. Um, people tend to like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to believe me. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I have the right intentions with this. I know that other people must be dealing with this problem as well so I can help them so if I share the things that I learn I can help other people learn from my mistakes so yeah I did trust that it would change and um, I, I didn't know how to um, um, how to create more money that moment yeah. but I did know that a lot, a lot of my problems had to do with my own mindset and my own convictions about money and about myself but I didn't realize that at the time yet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you had still like, okay, I can, I can do this and I can solve this by myself. I think that is, might yeah. be quite an important, and, yeah. important thing that um, kind of, we call it the, the self-efficacy that you know you can change this. Yes. And that feels super important, at least for me, when I have other like circumstances or things I want to overcome. Mm-hmm. If I don't have the belief I can do this, nothing is going to happen because I'm not even trying. That it... Yeah. Yeah, I did have, have, I didn't know how, but I knew that I could. Okay. Yeah. And I also knew that I, I just, I looked around and I thought there's so much money going around in the world and it's just energy. So why should it not come to me? Yeah. I'm probably the one blocking it. And mm. it's not, it's not that, I used to feel also that if I had more money than someone else would have less money, but that's not okay. true either. So I just had to stop thinking like that. Was there a time you remember now when this kind of mindset started, when you started thinking in, in these ways, in these terms? Because I feel, at least in my surrounding where I grew up, this mm-hmm. thinking is not existent there. Like this is not the way you usually think about money, like as energy, this is a term yeah. I would never have heard, I would have never heard, um, but also just, um, yeah, I, I can create something in order, well, the thing, I'm blocking the money coming to me, mm-hmm. this is something so, yeah, so far away for some people that 
this do you remember when this started? Somewhere? Yeah, that was after I hit rock bottom because in three three years and ninety seven cents was not rock bottom yet. So when I decided to do that to write the book and go public, mm-hmm. then I decided I have to get rid of the last bit of money that I have because otherwise it's not rock bottom. Okay. So then I gave my last money to my daughter, put it on her savings account. Um, that I can't reach, I can't use. <laughs> so then it was absolutely zero. And then first I, w- I felt like I was suffocating because I had absolutely nothing left and I could lose my house and, and everything. Um, but it also meant that I was, the only way was up. And that's when the insight started to come. Because okay. then I had to solve the problem. And uh, what was also a part of it is that my daughter at the time was staying with her father because it was the summer. She was staying with her father for three weeks and then two days later, two days after I went public and had nothing, she would come back to me on her birthday and I couldn't afford to bake a cake. And that was that was my main goal, is I have to be able to give her a nice birthday. And did you achieve it? Yes. <laughs> yes, I sold 64 books the first day. The first day? Yeah. So then I had 640 euros in my bank account. Yeah. So then I gave her a surprise party and I can bake a cake. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and then I, I already have my fortune. It, in your terms, yeah. 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 Wow. That yeah. was quick then in one day. Yeah, it was. Would have been a short book. Yeah. <laughs> and how old were you then when, when, this, when this happened? And when do you remember like something like this earlier, I don't know, like when you're 20s or even earlier, this started, that you started about thinking about money in terms of energy um, or something like this, or that you can achieve um, um, getting out of the situations you put yourself into? I read about this earlier in 2013. Okay. I, I, I spent 3,000 euros on a course in financial freedom. Okay. But, and I heard everything and I understood everything, but it didn't resonate with me because I didn't believe it. Okay. I didn't believe that it could be true for me. I thought it was fine that it was true for anyone else and if everyone else in the room would become a millionaire, but not for me. So I, I knew everything. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know how to apply it because I was, I was blocking it. But you already decided before to get this course, right? Yeah, because Where... I knew that I was having trouble dealing with my finances. And then spending 3000 on a course. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that would be a wise investment. And it was. It was just a bit too early. But now I'm, I'm, um, I have a lot of advantage from it because now I finally understand what they meant. Yeah. And that will be in the book as well. <laughs> so how far are you with those those books I just, just yeah read? it's different books yeah uh, it's it's I'm a bit ashamed to say because I would I, w- I wanted to finish the book within a year and then I realized well at first I learned so much because I was interviewing top mm-hmm. entrepreneurs about money and about financial success and I applied it right away for myself as well so then I learned so much that within a month I was fully booked with <laughs> with work um, and being financially successful already in a way within this short period of time yeah 
and then I didn't have time to write the book. But then, um, and in the meantime, I, um, I had a son, mm-hmm. and that relationship ended, and it's been very complicated for a long time. Um, and also, I didn't sleep very much during this time. And so there's a lot of excuses um, why the book is still not finished. But the main thing is that it's really scary to write about your own failure. And writing in general about yourself is really scary. Um, we talked about journaling. Mm-hmm. Journaling to me is, is something therapeutic. <laughs> it, it's used as such as well. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 so writing this book is the same for me. Apparently, mm-hmm. I go to the depth of, of, of me of why this even happened and why this occurred and why I learned along the way and that's and that's very vulnerable. Yeah. So every time I have to find the courage to write. And for the for the longest time I I have been writing a lot and I've been working on the book a lot, a lot of hours, but it's mostly gathering new information, reading new books about money and uh, postponing having to write myself. So I have uh, the document that I have could be 10 books about money already and now I have to go back to the essence. And, in the, and at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm writing the book that I really have to write. Yeah. And that's, and that's about how to be real. And to me, that's a much more interesting book. But I have to write the first book first. Because you got the money from the people first, right? Also, yeah, and yeah, yeah. And also, I promised them and I promised yeah. myself that I would write a book. And the book is the book is there. I just have to take out the part that I'm going to publish. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, you wrote everything or more than you actually want. Yeah, to I wrote in. so much. Yeah, and I started with this is also about convictions that you have about something. I started with wanting to write a book about financial success, and then I thought, well, I'm just pretending to be someone who writes a management book. But all these books have been written already, so this would be n- no more than a summary of 20 books I read about money, mm-hmm. which could be very useful, to, especially to a lot of independent professionals and, and, and people who start a business. But it's not my story, yeah. so I have to go deeper. And, and that's the, the bit that hurts when you're right. <laughs> Are you now mentioned a couple of times the, the convictions or the stories um, people tell about themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think had, had, or did this also have an important impact on you and how you dealt with your problems back then? Or um, what was your situation and how was maybe the change to who you are right now? I found that during this process that my, I think my biggest conviction was I am worthless. Mm-hmm. That is a pretty tough one. Yeah, that's a tough one. If you truly yeah. believe you're worthless. Yes. Yeah, and that does explain a lot about mm-hmm. how you deal with money, of course. Um, I also discovered that the whole money project was not about money, but about value. Mm-hmm. Do you value yourself? And do you think you deserve to get money for the things that you do? And do you think that you deserve things coming your way? Or can you receive things instead of just give them? So there's a lot of convictions and a lot of things that I secretly believed that no one would think I believed and that in a superficial conversation I would never think I believed either, but that I found out about myself. So you have to, I think, first find out what your secret convictions about yourself are 
um, and then choose new convictions and then decide which behavior suits your new convictions and then you can change your behavior. But I tried changing my behavior not knowing what my true convictions were. And that's really hard because then it's just willpower and then you can spend 3,000 euros on a, on a training course on financial freedom and just walk away with only having gained knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> Which is as empty as having no knowledge. I think, or maybe even more empty. <laughs> and how how was it for you to, how did you get in the direction of, okay, I have those convictions and I want to change them? How was the kind of discovery process of this? Um, this was most, it was a combination of reading a lot of books about money mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and about just going back to the moments that I had issues with money and seeing if I could see a pattern. Okay, so a lot of self-reflection. Yeah, I think so. Because I wasn't supposed to have money problems. I, I, I've earned more money than I could ever need in my life. Okay. But it's, it was gone. <laughs> and then I started rejecting the things that would enable me to make a lot of money and mm -hmm. do the things that would cost me money because I wanted to change the world, which you can't do when you're broke. So there's very strange things that are happening in a, in, a, in, a, in a brain that usually works really well. <laughs> so you had the urge to do something or have an impact on something. But on the other hand, you had your self-narrative saying money is bad so yeah. or you're worthless in the sense. Yeah, both. And, yeah. Um, so let's get put the money away but still try to have an impact, which is... Yeah. better if you have both together I guess yeah, I thought I could only have an impact if I would just give okay and I didn't realize that I didn't have a lot of things to give because I was just in survival mode that's super interesting from uh, for me at, at the moment because I'm yeah. <laughs> thinking about how can I put a lot of value out there mm -hmm. and not wanting anything in return not even um, about the, the money aspect because yeah. I also Maybe, I, I don't know, goes in a similar direction, I guess. But also um, that I look at, okay, I do want to give them the biggest value I have without wanting something in return from them. Mm -hmm. Just because I feel that is the true form of, of um, kind of being a good human being. Yeah. Like wanting that they give, get all the value without wanting something in return. And who's they? The other people, you mean, or like? Yeah, if you say wanting them to have value, who's them? Anyone? Yeah. Yeah, I know the feeling. Yeah, and I, 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 I thought the exact same way. I thought I was some kind of modern hippie <laughs> who didn't need anything, but I wanted to give a lot. Um, but you, you can't give value if you don't value yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, if you're a millionaire. It's a lot easier to change the world than when you're broke. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have more to give. You have, as you said before, you have the energy, the money to, yeah. to do that. Yeah. So if you if you if you give away too much, then. You know, first of all, there's nothing left to give at some point, and second of all. You you're not very believable. 
because if you want to give value to someone else but not to yourself, you're a fraud. In a way. Yeah. Yeah, I found this, that's why I wrote out, if you don't value yourself, you can't give value to others. Yeah, I truly believe that. That's super, super important. Yeah. Thank you. So, so yeah, well, I think it's the, you know, this, the biggest cliche is when you're in a, when you're in an, uh, in, in an airplane and the plane crashes, what do you have to do? You have to give Put yourself, yourself oxygen yeah. first, right? Before yeah. you can help anyone else. The, in, life is, is like that in every way, I think. And still, people who most want to change the world forget about themselves. And that's why nothing happens. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a super good example as well. Like that, everybody can connect to this as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And um, you went through the, the process of, I guess, trying to change your convictions and getting, mm -hmm. getting along in this direction. Um, where, where are you heading right now? Like in which direction are you heading to, I guess, still improve yourself in, in some way? I have no idea where I'm heading. <laughs> okay, what are you doing to try to trying to figure this out? Um, I am valuing myself. I'm investing a lot into myself, both in time and money. Mm -hmm. um, I'm investing, period. I think that's 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 a big shift um, because before um, 